get your King James Bible out, please, and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. I was talking to, I, here's what I'm very, very um, pleased with, um, is that people are starting to consider or think about this kind of giving. I'm not sure we ever have, or some of us may have, uh, but people ask, and so I was thinking the other day, and I don't understand, I want to, and I'm thinking, well, I'm glad about that. I'm glad that people are paying enough attention to say, I want to know. I, I want to learn. Uh, preacher, how do I go about? Does that mean this? I, I don't take that as an assault or someone challenging me. I take it as somebody wanting to know. And I was very, very pleased about that. Second Corinthians chapter number 8, starting in verse number 1. I'll read it out loud. You follow along with me silently. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship uh, of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, and your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us please to not read into Scripture, just read the Scripture. Let you talk to us. If we're saved, we have the Holy Ghost of God living inside of us. It just so happens, Lord, the way you planned it, that the Holy Ghost of God is the one who inspired writers or he is the author of this book. Certainly, if I really want to know the truth, he wants me to know the truth. When I hear it, Lord, may I yield to it. I know my flesh doesn't want me to. These are always contrary, one to the other. So help me on purpose to yield to truth and the Bible. Thank you for this. Ask you to help us tonight in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. We just read this, and I have a question for you. In all of this giving and all of this um, uh, different types of giving and tithes and offerings and wave offerings and heave offerings and sacrificial giving, uh, what is God after? I mean, what, what, is, what does all this mean? Listen to me very carefully. You ready? I'm going to turn this on. Okay. God wants the Christian himself. You say, what's that got to do with my money? Everything. Has everything to do with it. God wants the Christian himself. The right kind of giving can only come from a radiant, joyous Christian who through love and obedience is willing to give himself to God. You cannot do this kind of giving with the right kind of motive unless you have that kind of a spirit inside of you. 
the giving. First of all, I want to talk about the giving of the Macedonians. Why, why was it so special? I mean, why was it this, the caring and the, and the unusualness? And, and the Apostle Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to, this, writing to the Corinthian church about those people's giving. Can you imagine that? The Apostle Paul writing about our church and the way we give. Wouldn't that be something? Okay, well, that's what he did here. He's writing to all other churches. By the way, this is for us, so he's writing this to us also. He didn't know that at the time, but that's what he was doing. And we find out here that all of this giving, calling attention to this type of giving. It's not just giving. Well, I give. No, not just giving. It's a special type of giving that he's talking about here. What type is he talking about? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 1. We do you to wit. That means we want you to know. We want you to know. That's all that means, okay? It's old English uh, verbiage. That simply means we want you to know. He said, we do you to wit. We want you to know of the grace of God bestowed upon the, not the church, churches. See, that's plural. This isn't one church that decided to do this. In this area, these churches were stone poor. They were in great affliction. They were having all kinds of problems. It wasn't one church. It was all the churches of Macedonia. That's what he said. God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. If you believe the King James Bible, it's pluralized, right? And so Paul tells Titus, look at verse number 6 and 7. Here's what Paul tells Titus, verse number 6. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he also would finish in you the same grace also. Guess what grace he's talking about? Giving. Giving this way is a grace of God. You say, well, evidently God didn't give it to him. No, no, see, you're looking at that wrong. It's not something that God automatically gives you. It's something you want from God so you can do this. Watch what he says in verse 7. Therefore, as you abound in everything. Now remember, he's talking to the church at Corinth. They had all these gifts and all these things going on. Well, evidently some of them were genuine. And here's what he said. And in everything, in faith, you're abounding in faith. And you're abounding in utterance. And you're abounding in knowledge, if you would. And in all diligence. And in your love to us. Now, all that's good stuff, right? Watch what he says. Look at the next phrase. See that you abound in this grace also. In text, he's talking about this type of sacrificial giving. It's a gift of God. It's a grace that God will bestow upon you. You said, well, yeah, if I had money. I'm glad you brought that up. Why was their giving so remarkable? Why was it sacrificial? How come Paul draws attention to it? Why is all this going on? Look at verse number 2. In their giving, it was abundance. Now, hold on. We're going to find out a little bit. Great poverty, great suffering, great affliction, but they had an abundance of joy. Isn't that weird? You'd think that rich people should have an abundance of joy, and poor people, there's no way they could. Rich or poor has nothing to do with your money, or shouldn't. Watch what he says here. In verse number 2, in their giving, it was abundance. In verse number 2, in their giving, unto the riches of their liberality... They're liberal giving. Now, wait a minute. Okay, you say, well, yeah, well, you don't have much. You can't give much. Really? You remember the one with the two mites then, right? Did she not give much? The Lord said she did. Gave her whole living, didn't she? Now, we don't like that because, oh, yeah, she did good. We're, never, we're not about ready to do that. So watch what happened here. Look at verse number three. Gave to their power. Their ability to give what they give, 
was miraculous by itself. I mean, if, if they could give to help at all, that would be great. But watch what happens. Look at verse number three. And beyond their power, they literally came up and gave something and, and gave all that they could, and then they found a way to give even more. Now, hang on to your wallet, okay, because that's, that's what we're most concerned about. What you ought to be most concerned about is your relationship with God in this matter. That's what they were. I'll show you this in a minute. So what happens is they found a way to give more. The amount of offering, considering their circumstances, was absolutely the grace of God in their life. Absolutely, no doubt about it, was the grace of God. Look in verse number two. In great trial of affliction, that's suffering of any kind, mental, physical, financial, doesn't make it disease, doesn't make it difference. It, it's of, of affliction. Verse number two, and their deep poverty. Not just poverty, deep poverty. Now, put yourself in here and say, I can't give. Hold it, what is God after? He's after us. He's not after your money. It just so happens, and don't, don't tell me that I can prove it in the Bible. Our wallet is closer to our heart than it is our back pocket. And God knows that. Now, some of you, you're starting to stiffen up on me about this, okay? Is that all the preacher's ever going to talk about is money? Yep, as long as you are irritated by it. Why are you irritated about giving money to the cause of Christ? Why does that irritate you, okay? Uh, when my family was down at uh, Tennessee Temple University, I'll tell you a story. Um, there was a struggling couple down there. I, I've told you this before, but it's about me, so I'm going to talk about it again. Poor health. No relations around to help them out. No insurance, no health insurance. Uh, everything was pretty bad. And they would tell me all the time. Now, I have a tough time looking at people who go through that, and they go like, yes, Brother Bell, God's been so good to us. And in my head, I'm going, what? You're getting delirious now, right? You're having a tough time. You have no insurance. You can't make ends meet. You're struggling for all your worth, and you're telling me God's been awful good to me. We think... I got a new car, I got a good job, I got lots of money, we live in a good place, God's been very good to me. And that would be true too. That would be true too. If you're living for the Lord, that would be true too, right? But how can a person going through great trial of affliction, deep poverty, how can they be so joyous? What is God after? I mean, come on, Paul. So these people, what they would do, back in those days, you used to have food stamps. Anybody remember food stamps? You didn't get a card. You didn't get those guys. You got stamps. And you'd carry around all these little packets, and you'd have to tear them off, you know, and they'd give them to you. And uh, so what they would do, because they believed tithe and giving offerings and also helping others, was still right, whether you had cash or not. Which some of us that are living pretty good, we never have any cash. Because you think that's the only thing you're supposed to tithe off of. So what they do about this? They would go and buy all their groceries by their uh, food stamps. And then they would go home, they'd set it all down, and they didn't give the junk they didn't want. They would go through there and accumulate 10% of it and a little more. And they put it in these plastic bags like you, like you have today from the grocery store with the handles on it, and they'd give it to somebody in need. Guess who that was? My family. And they're coming to my house with all these bags of groceries, and that's what they, Brother Bell, God's been so good to us, Excuse me, we don't have any money to tithe off, so we're going to take what God has blessed us with 
and we're going to help other people with this. That's what we're going to do. Now, in these days, churches don't accept food. Though when we were in Ghana, they gave us a <laughs> they gave us a goat. Uh, did I tell you that they put it up on top of our bus? And uh, I couldn't bring it home. I wanted to, but they uh, they put it in the stowaway, and he just suffocated to death. Anyway, so what happened was uh, that's what they would do. They'd come over, knock on our door with these bags in their hand, and say, "Preacher, um, we we want to tithe. We want to help. So we're going to do this." And they gave it to us. And they were hurting pretty bad. They really were. Now, when we came up to Columbus to start Anchor, I got a $100 check in the mail. Guess from who? Those same people. You know what they did? Somebody sent them $100 because they needed it. They turned around and gave it to me and my family because we were starting a new church. How does a person go about, I have great needs, we have needs, and I got this for me, and I worked hard for me. I'm not against that, not against it at all, and neither is God, by the way. But what makes a person, how do you get into this type of giving? How, do you, how how's a person take what God has given them and give it to others so that you could be a blessing there, or give it to God's local church and say, there's no way, I'm going to help, I want in on this thing. How does that happen? So what was God after? Well, in, in their life, what was God after? These people whose health was bad? He was after that? I mean, what are they going to do with their, with their bodies? They were a mess. I mean, they were physically in a mess. And they didn't have any relatives. And they didn't have any, they couldn't work. And so what's God after? Them. See, we're, we're so caught up in, yeah, preacher, I can, I can work out on the property. Ah. <sighs> When that goes away, we act like we have nothing to give God anymore. That's not true. So what was God after in these poverty-stricken, hurting, suffering Christians' lives? He wasn't after their money. He wasn't after their money. He's not after your money. He's after you. This kind of sacrificial giving isn't your normal tithe and give an offering. This is sacrificial giving. This is letting God know, I know there's a need, there's got to be a way I can help. I'll talk about that in a minute. My friend, you can hang on to every penny. Don't obey God. Don't help anyone but yourself. Don't ever learn to sacrificially give or go above what you've already laid out. That's the Lord's. And plan exactly what is required and no more. No one receives honor for that kind of giving. Honor belongs to those who sacrifice. That's what we do with our military men. The guys who come back, we say thank you. But what do we do with those? We say they gave the ultimate sacrifice. Sacrifice. They, they did more. Why would somebody do that? They don't know anybody else in the United States but a handful of people. Why would you give your life for your country? I mean, you don't even know most of these people. There's something special about a person that does it. That's why they write books about them, make movies about them, and, write, and do all these great things for them because it's, it's, it's something special. And a person that does that, there's something special about them in their heart. So listen to me very, very carefully here. <clears throat> what is God after? He's after you. So number two, the real abundant Christian joy is always evident, always evident in a Christian's liberal giving. Now, you can be uh, like you've just been sucking on a prune all morning and throw in your offering, and it shows. I did what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of giving. 
Everybody's supposed to do that. What you just said you did and, and it hurt, everybody's supposed to do that. And it's not supposed to hurt. But this kind of giving, you have to understand something. It's not the amount, but the ability. God's not after a certain amount. He's after an ability. So that includes everybody that can give. Listen very carefully. It is very probable that other Christians, good Christians, like Barnabas, for example. Go, go to uh, Acts chapter number 4. Keep your hand here. Come right back. You remember Barnabas? Barnabas was a landowner. Barnabas was a landowner, and in Acts chapter number 4, Barnabas was a great giver. I mean, Barnabas was the kind of guy who gave donations, and, and when the church was hurting, uh, he found a way to help out. You know why? Because he could. So he did. Look, 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 listen to me. You have means, there's a reason for that. You don't have means, you can still help. God made a plan to where everybody can do what needs to be done. Everybody doesn't do the same thing, but everybody can do what God wants done. So there are people, ready, in here, you make good money. There are people in here, you have a tough time making ends meet. Now, those who have a tough time making ends meet, look around for those who may have the money. Please understand something here. God gave both of those to what Barnabas did. When they were hurting in the early church there in Jerusalem, watch what it says in, in Acts chapter number 4. Go to verse number 36 and 37. Acts chapter 4, verse number 36 and 37. The Bible said, And Joseph, whose by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which, is, uh, which being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, ready, had land, sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. Said, here, you guys need some help? Here you go. I sold some land. There you go. What about his family? I mean, what about the inheritance to the kids? And what about, what about, what about, you, you know, why don't we just take God, put him off to the side and make our own plans? Because there was a church in Jerusalem that was suffering and they needed help. I mean, it was one of the poorest places around. I don't know how poor and how bad it was at Macedonia, but it must have been pretty bad. And Paul said, look, we're taking up this collection. The church at Jerusalem, the one, by the way, the reason that was so important because that's where the apostles still were. And so they were setting up these churches and if you ever need, remember, they didn't have the New Testament written. They were being written at that time. And whenever they had a question, they'd go back to Jerusalem and say, okay, here's the problem that came up. What do we do about this? And they would give their advice on it. And so they went back there, and the church was suffering tremendously. Remember the apostle Paul? Well, he's giving them a tough time back in those days. Remember that? He's hauling off men and women to prison, trying to destroy the cause of Christ. That's what he did before he became an apostle and got saved. And got saved and become an apostle. So what we find out here, we have this man. His name was Barnabas. Having land, he sold it. Now, that is just ridiculous today, isn't it? Why would anybody in their right mind have Do you know how much land costs nowadays? See, this is our thinking. Barnabas sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. By the way, some other people lied about it. The very next chapter. They flat lied. I don't know what they had in mind. Barnabas did that. Honey, we could do that too. Look, look how much everybody likes Barnabas because of what he did. We could do that. But they lied. They lied about their giving. They lied about what they were tithing on, about their sacrificial giving, and they said, we sold land too. 
We did just like Barnabas did. And the Holy Spirit said, Peter, straighten this mess up. So he was. And when Ananias come in, he said, um, uh, you sold land for such amount? Sure did. Why have you lied against the Holy Ghost? Fell over dead. I bet that straightened you up in your giving, wouldn't it? What if you were next? But see, we don't believe that. We don't believe that'll ever happen. That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Do you tithe or promised to give and you stopped you went on vacation and I'm turning the screws right now I know that I understand that because our flesh keeps saying if you don't take care of yourself who's going to I don't know did you save yourself did you give yourself your home or you said God did that your job you said preacher look what God did now all of a sudden you have to take care of the stuff God gave you there's stewardship and then there's just I'm not depending on God anymore. And if you're going to please God, you have to live by faith. And I, part of my job is when I preach these things is give you opportunity to now put into practice what you were challenged by. This is what I'm doing right now. But watch what happens here. So we find out here he gave a large sum and donations, but he could. So he did. That's what he was supposed to do. And thank God he had a heart that wanted to do those things. However, consider the giving of the Macedonian churches. Barnabas gave land. He sold that land and said, here you go. Church is hurting. Peter, you know what needs to be done. You take care of this thing. You don't give money and then tell people how it needs to be used. Consider these people Macedonia Christians it was the Bible said it was remarkable and abundant beyond their power power means their ability they went beyond Paul said eh, maybe they'll be able collectively to give five bucks I don't know but the Bible said that they remarkable and abundant also they willingly gave in spite of the circumstances is this not what we do folks listen to me you in order to give the way they're talking about here, you've got to get beyond that type of thinking and reasoning. Yeah, but what if something goes wrong? Ready? It'll go wrong. What, nothing's ever gone wrong before? You know, some of you things went wrong when you didn't have two nickels rubbed together and you're still here living and more blessed now than you used to be. We forget those things. Amazingly, <laughs> look at verse number four. Guess who idea it was to give this money. It wasn't Paul's. It was their idea. Watch what it says in verse number four. Uh, go back to, um, uh, what am I, 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians chapter eight, look at verse number four. Praying us with much. They were begging Paul. Paul, we caught wind that people at Jerusalem are having a tough time. We want to give to that. Uh, you folks are having a tough time. No, Paul, now, now, come on. We want in on the blessing. It's got to be something we can do. Uh, well, do, do what's in your power to do. do. Do best you can. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Paul was shocked. He was assuming maybe this much. And it turned out completely different than that. Christians should not be reluctant to give and then give and then regret it. You ever do this? Okay, I'm going to try this thing preacher's talking about. Try this tithing thing, okay? Oh, honey, that's a lot of money. Forty-two dollars. Oh my goodness! Oh, what are we gonna do? 
and you gave it. The very next week, your hot water heater went out. Brother Mitchell's going to get it. I'm going through it right now. They, uh, they, the lady kept raising their um, rent, so they had to finally make a decision. And uh, her brother uh, allowed him to go there. He lived by himself, so they said, yeah, bring the whole gang over or leave the kids there and you guys can come over. And uh, so they went over there. <laughs> while, while he was waiting, he loaded the car, pulled it out front across the street, went inside, came back out, and somebody had already tried to steal his car and ripped the, the, the whole neck on the, uh, steer, the drive shaft, uh, the steering wheel column off. And he thought, I don't believe this. And it's just one thing. And then Mateo had to go and get all sick. And so he'd been in the hospital for a day and a half or so. And uh, don't ask him because he has no idea. He'll point to this side. It was over here. And uh, so, I mean, it's just one thing. And you say, preacher, what's going on? You ready? God's trying to just get you. He's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to get you. He don't, he's not after what you have. It just so happens we're so attached to what we have. In order for us to fully understand whether God has us, or our stuff has us. God's going to put to the test. Okay? So, what, what happens here? In 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, <clears throat> Christians should not... Folks, don't be... I've, I've had it. Have, you ever sat back like this? You folks that have your kids in Christian school. You start... Don't start adding things up. Oh, let me see. 12 years. No, let's see. It would be like 18 years for all four of our kids to get through. And that's nine months out of the year, and that's this amount of money every month. And you start doing this, are you kidding me? We could live in Bexley. Said we're on the here top, driving an old car, and kids need shoes, and we told them to put cardboard. That's what my grandmother did. That's what we did. And so you, you, you do all of this. And by the way, you're still making it. Aren't you still making it? And then God begins to bless you with all these wonderful things. And if you're not careful, you give and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to trust the Lord. Good, have to start somewhere. But you don't think that's going to be put to the test. So as soon as you give, you say, okay, that took everything I had, but I'm going to do it. And you did. Sure enough, you got a flat tire. He just got through paying the car off and some guy tried to steal it. God, what are you doing? What do you mean, what's God doing? You know what God's after? You. He's not after your car. He's not after your money. He's not after your kids. He's after you. And he just knows that if I have you, I have all of that. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Number 9. Look at verse number 7. Every man, are you there? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. What's it say next? Not grudgingly. Nor of necessity. My preacher keeps staring at us. We want to do something. For God loveth a cheerful giver. It's, honestly, it's not a wave offer. There are those in the Bible. It's not a wave offer. You put your money and go like this. Like, like you just lost one of your kids. No, you'd be joyous over that. But It's very difficult for many pastors to get their people to give. I'm lousy at it. I, I, my brother was really good at it. He could raise thousands of dollars in one service. 
I, I just, I'm not that good at it. Some people are, some people are. I don't happen to be that way. I find out most preachers, to get their people to give as they should, to care about the things of God's house. We, they end up begging, pressuring, embarrassing, forcing to give. And the more obvious it is, the more struggle it is. I will not force you to do anything, but I am going to do my best to educate you. And you have to just keep in mind, God has brought us to a point of growth, I think, that we need to, are we still living by faith? Preacher, I trust the Lord for my groceries. No, you don't. You give your wife a couple hundred bucks, I'd go there. You're not trusting the Lord. You maybe went at one time because you didn't have anything. But you don't anymore. Honey, I need more money than that. Where would all that money go? Yeah, the Lord's not even included in on that. Same thing with your clothes, same thing with your bills, same thing with your tithes and offerings. Hey, did we give our tithes and offerings? I think we did. You weren't thinking about it. You weren't trusting God. You just put it in there. It's just what you do anymore. So what happens here is this. We tend to beg, and the more obvious it is that we have to beg and pressure and try to coax, the more obvious it is that there's a lack of love and joy that God still does not have us fully. Why would God Almighty on something on this planet that he wants to succeed and go forward, a preacher would ever have to beg for Christians to do that? Which goes to show us, God doesn't fully have me. I think he does. Well, quit thinking. This would prove it. We'll go on. Trying to, to, to get, it's very hard to do if you're ever in this position. More of you would be uh, more for what we do around here if you had to lead it. No, I don't want to do that. You want to do that? I don't want to do that. You want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. I think I'll stay home. You want to stay home? Yeah, I'll stay home. Unless you were leading it. Then you'd come right to me. Preacher, why didn't everybody join in? Don't they know this is good for them? Getting people to give is... is it's a process, but it needs to be learned. There was a um, city boy, the way the story goes, visiting a farmer and uh, trying to learn some of the things out on the farm. And, and he would take him out there and show him how to uh, have a cow give her, give her milk. And so one morning he told this city boy, go out there and get the milk from, from the cow. So he goes out there, and, and uh, he comes back in later on, and the farmer asked him, he said, so how did it go? How much did she give? And he said, she didn't give anything. had to take everything. And what I took wasn't that much to begin with. She just didn't want to give. And this is what it's like sometimes to try to get people to give. It's like we have to take it. We have to force it. And it's not that much to begin with. And he said, first of all, People talking about giving should never offend a Christian living for the Lord. Never. Because I know who gave me everything. Again, it's not about, it's, it's proportionate giving, not equal giving. You know whether you're giving the way God wants you to or not. Here's one way you can tell. Are you fussing about things right now that I'm talking about? Then I'm talking about you. Are you making excuses for why you can't give more than I'm talking about you? These people couldn't. 
Folks, I can't believe you did that. And then you did more than that. How in the world did you do that? I'm getting ready to tell you that. Much of Christians giving is this way today. Pastors beg and shame and embarrass and make folks feel guilty. Not these Macedonian churches. That's not what they did at all. They begged Paul. They entreated Paul. Paul, I, I know you know we're hurting right now. We want in on this. We want to be a blessing too. You ever tried that with somebody? Brother Usher used to do that to me. He went from 20 to $2, but we talked about that. And uh, he would say all the time, first time he did that, he'd come up to me and he said, uh, you're going on a trip. And he'd do that. We used to call it a Baptist handshake, you know. You put money in there and you shake hands with somebody. You don't know what that is? Okay. Uh, and, and I looked at it. First time I said, brother, no, 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 like that. He looked at me and drew back and he said, with the way he does it, don't you take a blessing from me. I, I didn't know what to say. You know why? I had to learn that. And when somebody does something like for you and you do that, it's nothing more than your pride. It's just pride. I'm healthy. I can work. I can do this on my own. Take it and shut up. Learn to be a kind receiver, not just a person who gives. It has to go both ways. You have to understand these things and learn from that. So what happens here is simply this. They begged Paul to please take their offering and let them be a part of the, ready, ministering. There, in the Bible, there's ministering uh, to the saints and the ministering of the saints. To the saints has to do with meeting their needs. Of the saints has to do with witnessing and reaching the world for Christ. So here he's talking about to the saints. They want to be a part of that. The blessing is not, oh good, the need is met so I don't have to follow through and give anything. That's not the blessing. The blessing is this. Whether it's needed or not, whether it's met, need is met or not, it's an opportunity for me to be a part of it. You set the tithe aside first and you go on with your life and no matter what you run into, I mean, it's gone. It's Okay, it's gone. It's gone. You really don't even miss it. It's just what you do. It's like paying your Macy's bill. Just what you do. Every month is what you do. Hundreds of dollars. So anyway, okay. And so what happens here? That's the, the, the Christian God has in his entirety. You say God has all of me. Is truly saddened when they can't be a part of giving. It really, really saddens. They're not looking for excuse to get out of it. They want to be a part of it. I could tell you story after story in my own personal life, the way I felt about this. And I made God a promise. While I was learning to give, if I ever got to the place where I could help other people, God, I will. I used to sit in church and my wife said, and I'd cry because I couldn't help get the carpet or buy pews or, or, or buy another bus. And I just sat there and here I am on staff and here I have, all, but I had to learn finances, had to learn how to trust the Lord. And now I am, don't take this wrong, sacrificially giving and giving and giving. We have other people in here to do the same thing. Don't they look like they're really struggling and just hate this whole thing? No, people who don't give and don't learn that, that's you when this kind of preaching is going on. Why? Why is that the case? 
Jesus sacrificially gave himself. And the Bible says in Isaiah, for the joy that was set before him. He said, boy, this is a good thing. It hurts, but it's a good thing right now. For the joy that's coming, that's why I'm doing this. Number three, what's God after? He's just after you. That's what that's all about. Number three, the real explanation for this kind of giving. I don't get it. Let me give you the real explanation for this kind of giving. What fundamental thing was, was it that brought about all this liberty that they talk about here? What was it that brought about all this joy, this, this longing? No, no, we, no, no, Paul, come on. Come on, don't you pass us by. We, we want to be a part of this too. They didn't go like this. It's, it's, Paul's coming to town and, oh, no. Man, we'll probably have to give something. We're going to have to do something. You don't read that in here. They said, Paul, you need to stop by. We don't know what's going on. We want to be a part of this, okay? It wasn't Paul that came to them and asked them. They begged him. We want to be a part of this, Paul. Okay, question. Ready? Don't shake your head. Don't stare at people. Have you ever thought about that? (laughs) I said don't stare. Have, Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt really, really sad because you could not be a part of giving? I didn't either. There was a day I didn't either. I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 5. The Bible said, and this they did. Now, everything we just talked about, this they did, okay? Now, in America, we've been taught to hang on to George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Jefferson, and even money that's really not ours, and you're a banker, and everybody told you, don't you touch that, you'll be penalized. I just cannot imagine standing before God, I, I couldn't give any more money. My banker was going to penalize me. Well, whose money is this? Average, I just don't think it's wise to do it. Then don't. Then don't. But watch what it says in verse number 5, chapter number 8. And this they did, not as we hoped, but here's the thing, first gave themselves to the Lord. Well, I do preach, I give myself. How do you know? What's this closest thing to you? Your material stuff and your money. Sure it is. God talks about it all the time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, we're not done. And to us, by the will of God. They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's why it was so much easier to do. Even in their affliction, even in their poverty. Why? It had nothing to do with their money. It had to do with their relationship with God. I have an abundance of relationship with God. Yeah, I'll give. When you don't, we tend to think of every excuse on why we can't. As long as our own hurts, our own needs, our own wants, our own plans come first, this kind of giving cannot be obtained. Cannot be. You'll never get there. It just just doesn't work that way. Willing, joyous, sacrificial giving starts not with how much money you have. It starts with God having you. And the Macedonians, this is inspired word of God, and that's why that was put in there. They first gave themselves to the Lord and to us. They gave themselves to the Lord. The evidence that we have we have given ourselves fully to God is our willing joy. I know you're thinking right now, well, what about this? What about that? You're just not getting it, are you? 
God knows over and over again how close our lives are to the, to the stuff he gave us. He gave us the place we live. He gave us our kids. He gave us this church. He gave us that job. He get you say, I struggled for it. And, really? So if God took his hand off of you, think you'd still make ends meet? Be very careful the way you're thinking right now. So, willing, joyous, sacrificial giving starts with God having you. The evidence that we have given ourselves fully to God is our willing, joyous giving to God's work and God's people, regardless of how it may affect us. What, what would you, if you were their mom and dad, what would you say to them? You're doing what? Look what you're already going through. Okay, you, you tell me, what would you say to these people? That's really good. Then how come you're not doing it? Oh, I wouldn't do that if I was you. But they did. What do you think this is? To, you think it's just a story about some people back a long time ago that were delirious and didn't know what they were doing? The apostle Paul wrote this and said, man, this is nothing but the grace of God in these people's lives. The Apostle Paul was hoping perhaps they could give anything to help. Imagine his shock, surprise, how it encouraged his faith, how it caused him to be joyous, how it caused him. Now when he got to Jerusalem, I'll bet he told this story. Well, he's telling it right here to the, the church at Corinth. Let me tell you about the church of Macedonia. These people were having problems too, a lot of problems. And he said, let me tell you a story. This is going to excite you. There were the, it's always exciting when we hear about other people giving. One of these days, it has to be us so that we can teach others also. Anything, however small, I'm sure Paul thought, oh, okay, yeah, I'll stop by. Okay, I told you I will. I'll stop by. And you gather it all together so there won't be any gathering when I get there. Go ahead and read the story. And they said, okay. He got the, I don't know if it was in a bag. I don't know if it was stacked up. I don't know what he went. This is from you folks? Let us know how it goes. If we need more help, we'll try, Paul, really. Man, you went way beyond your power. How did you do? This is glorious. I can't believe this. So what happens is knowing their situation, what they were facing, he did not expect. Read the story. But they had already given themselves to the Lord. What are they supposed to do? They'd already, see you, by the way, and he said also Paul. Paul was the earthly connection to what needed to take place. But you first give yourself to the Lord and also to us. Imagine Paul's joy. Just stop and think about it. I got to help these people. Jerusalem's in a mess. Church of Corinth is about as carnal as you can get. Churches at Macedonia, all of those churches, how many there were, boy, they're in such poverty. Everybody's hurting right now. What are we supposed to do? And Paul said, Paul, you need to stop by here. We, we want to get in on it. Okay, I, I, I will. Y'all do the best you can. I'll be by. Okay, thank you. And he stops by, and he is impressed. And he knew right off the bat how they were able to do this. They didn't say, Paul, we first gave ourselves, and then we're going to give ourselves to you. Quit quoting Bible to your preacher. Paul already knew that kind of sacrificial giving comes first by you giving yourself to the Lord. That's what it's all about. It's not about your money. It's not about your stuff. God can give you money. God can give you stuff. 
God can take your money and God can take your stuff. So what is it God's after? What's all the money talking? What, now, if you're in a charismatic church, you'd be writing bounce checks and, and you'd take your credit card and you'd be spending it and you'd giving yourselves away. But you got a soul-winning, fundamental, independent, King James Bible-only church that has proven itself for over three decades and you're wondering if you should help. I'm not wondering about it. I already did. When our church on the other side of town fell. This, this happens to every church. Churches have people in it. Don't take this wrong, but it's just true. It has more people in it that's carnal than spiritual. You know when you'll find out? When your church falls apart. You'll head right back out. That's it. I'm never trusting another preacher. You're so carnal, pathetic. You're blaming on somebody else what you really wanted to do the whole time. When my brother did what he did, my wife and I, we were down Tennessee Temple, and I came back up. I didn't come back up to take, I just come back up to see if I could help. I, I came back up, to, I mean, I spent 10 years there. Let me see if I can help. You wouldn't believe the attacks on each other and the self-pitying that was going on. It was my brother. And people were saying, you don't know what it's like. And that was my sound room. I, I put money in that room and, and I helped build that room. And, and I'm thinking, first of all, let me say this. If you're doing it for that, keep your money. Yes. No, give your money, but it just won't bless you. Okay. I helped build from the foundation. I helped clear land by hand. I was a charter member. I was there from day one when we prayed and said, God, this is what we're going to do. I was there. He said, preacher, did it bother you? Well, sure it was. My brother. But all of the giving, physically, monetarily, emotionally, everything, I did that for God. And to this day, I do not regret one moment, well, if that's the way Christianity is. What is wrong with us? Like all of a sudden, Christianity went bad because somebody did you wrong? What? Come on. Not many people lit into me about how bad they were hurting and how unfair it was because of all they gave and how they worked and the money they gave. And I, I'm thinking, well, you're kind of describing your motive right now, aren't you? All the money, the effort, everything I put into here. Now, first of all, I'd hate to see Anchor Baptist Church have a charismatic sign out front. If that happens, I'll just take my 357 money. Not you. That's murder. I'd just blow up the sign. Thank you. Do you know how much this place means to him now? This is his lifeline. This is, this is his high point of the week. Going through great trials and he needs us here. He needs this work. He needs to know that God still talks to me. That I come here and I get my inspiration and my, my strength from God again. And we're worrying about whether we can pay the bill. That's ridiculous. So just keep telling me how God has blessed your life. Think about where we are financially. The church at Jerusalem was suffering bad. Barnabas and some others gave her their abundance. Somehow it wasn't taking care of everything. Paul went to the other church and said, look, we, we, need, we need everybody's help right now. Okay. 
you folks at Macedonia, oh, you're going through it. So, I, you know, don't worry about it. No, Paul, no. No, 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 no. Everybody's doing it. I want in on this. Okay, well, I'll, I'll stop by and do what you can. Do what you can. He said they gave to their power and more because they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us. You've got to trust the person that God has put guiding you or you won't go. So just another lesson on giving. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you.